one. Okay, listeners, it's episode 70 of the Adrian Bow podcast, and I'm absolutely delighted to welcome a very good friend of mine and someone I've got to know quite well recently and I think is an absolute expert in his field, and his name is Jordan Bain. Jordan, good to be, good to be on, the, uh, on the show, mate. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks um, for having me, Bowie. Yeah, good pleasure. to be here. Pleasure, buddy. Pleasure. Hey, um, mate, so a lot of people may not know what you do, and we'll sort of get into that a, a little bit as, as the episode evolves. But you're, when I say expert in your field, in my opinion, um, I've, I've, I've come across a lot of people in the industry um, and also talking to a lot of people sort of outside the industry who capitalise on the industry in terms of um, social media. So you've got a lot of companies, as you know, mate, that claim to be the experts um, around social media and agents are forking out, you know, literally thousands of dollars, you know, for the services. Um, and, you know, I just want to try and bust a few myths. I want you to uh, also help us with your IP to sort of talk us through the labyrinth of, of social media as well. So um, maybe just start with telling us a little bit um, why and how you immersed yourself in the IP of social media, especially Facebook, um, and 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 what's come of that? Absolutely, I love that. Um, I mean, a thing I picked up on straight away from what you said was just obviously breaking those myths. There's, yes. there's obviously a bit of a stigma with with social media at the moment. I think a lot of agents understand they need to be there, yeah. um, but I think the frustration I, I keep experiencing with people I'm speaking to is they don't know where to start or, or what to do or ultimately what works. There's a lot of noise. Uh, around particularly at the moment with social media and um, I think that almost paralyzes a lot of agents but I guess rewinding a little bit I first um, to give your listeners some context on, on who I am as well um, my, my background is full real estate as well so I'm 10 years in the industry so it kind of started when I was um, probably a, a, a junior agent trying to break through in in the inner city suburbs of, of Brisbane it was mm. a, a you know, the, the, the cutthroat of what it were probably all of us are really used to in, you know, back then it was, you know, regulated commissions and things like that. So I really needed a point of difference as a, as a younger agent to try and break through. So social media was, was the, the trend or, or the coming through thing at the time. And, and I did a lot of study early on in my career on trying to, I guess, break through, but um, much like a lot of other agents, I just struggled to generate leads off the back of it. Branding was, was, a, was an easy thing. And, and for me, content kind of came um, relatively easy as well. But the, the difficult thing I kept facing was where are these leads coming from? I'm dumping money after, you know, endless amounts of money into this machine and, and the rewards aren't coming or the return on investment isn't coming. So a big thing for us is we really switched our focus from trying to look at it more so as a branding uh, and awareness tool to, to really transitioning it to a, a prospecting tool. Mm. Um, and automation really played a big part of that as well. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of being able to automate certain parts of their business, but really being able to automate the, the social media side for, was a real advantage to us. We could understand that, you know, most agents, particularly us at the time as well, we, um, you know, we, we didn't really have the time to be able to create content every single day. And, and even the, the creativity behind it in trying to think of ideas every single day or every single week to push out there was the, the biggest barrier that we were facing. So we, 
I guess we'd created a bit of a, a solution or a strategy that, that automated that. So still created con- or pushed content out to our audience every single day. So we're constantly present. The, the awareness was really there, but also the biggest thing for us was, was attaching a call to action to it. Um, and in our situation, it's in form of a lead funnel. Um, obviously, again, a very loosely used term at the moment. A lot of you people are using funnels, but maybe not using them correctly. So again, it just went through a lot of testing to try and find the right strategy, the right formula that works. And, you know, uh, touch wood, we're, we're, we're grateful that we've found that now. And, um, and yeah, yeah. So, so just so people are clear. So um, Jordan um, was an agent in, in Brisbane and uh, then he moved to Sunshine Coast and he's got his own own business in the Sunshine Coast, own real estate business. But he's also got a separate business, um, which is this social media uh, um, sort of lead generation mechanism, if you like. So um, in terms of, of, of how that started, what you're saying, Jordan, is it was really by default because you were like... I was breaking into a new market. Um, I, I, I was part of a new generation, if you like, of agents rather than the sort of old school, you know, letterbox drops, door knocking, cold calling. And you thought, well, there's got to be a better way. So you, you obviously embraced social media, Facebook in particular. What was the first thing you did? Like, did you study a, a course? Did you, did, did, did you, did you sort of, um, you know, read any books? You know, what, what was the first thing you did or did you just spend hours and hours was on Facebook to, to work out the algorithm and, and the back end behind it. Yeah, it's a bit of both. It's an interesting one point to make. I think uh, again, I was probably early early on in my career. I was lucky enough to be mentored by someone who was who was big on training. And right. um, for me, it kind of got to a point when you, you know, especially when you're probably a little bit younger and a bit of a know it all. I, I felt as though I probably knew enough about the real estate side of things, so mm. I started really diving into into social media. So look, I, to to answer your question. Uh, Quickly or more simply, look, I've, I've, we've dumped so much money into training for, for social media or digital marketing and we've done diff, we've tried to really step outside the box. So we've stepped into e-commerce and, and whatever else just to try and find what's working in other industries and try and emulate that. I feel as though you talk about the traditional agents and, and certainly there's a place for the cold calls, letterbox drops and doorbox. Sure. Don't get me wrong. They, sure. they, they definitely work. But um, I think, with us, we've really tried to, I think that the industry has probably been a bit behind the times when it comes to, to, to digital. Um, so I guess we really had to try and jump into other fields. But yeah, to answer your question, we we pretty much just needed our, so when we first opened our agency, me and my business partner now, um, with our agency on the Sunshine Coast, we, we needed someone like us at the time. And, and we couldn't find anyone who, A, knew more than what we did, first and foremost. But second to that, um, they always wanted to pretty similar to what you said at the start of the conversation. Everyone wants to come in and and manage it for you. That's where a lot of social media agencies and digital marketers make their money. They make the money off a retainer. Mm. Um, And for us, we just didn't want someone to do that. We knew about automation. We knew that we didn't have to pay someone ongoing to do it for us. Um, We just wanted some help with the setup and and getting the right strategies in place early on. And and we couldn't find that. So uh, yeah, we ended up having to do a lot of testing ourselves and I'm probably um, blessed enough that I've got my guinea pig of an agency. I don't listen sell so much anymore, but my mm. business partner probably gets the shits a little bit with with how much of a, a guinea pig our agency is because I can use that as as leverage for my, for my marketing business as well. But um, yeah, starting off, we just had to do a lot of testing. We already had a lot of skills and, and we're continuously, much like the real estate industry, we're constantly going to um, you know, conferences and, and checking out um, you know, new courses and whatever else. Um, to try and keep ourselves ahead of the game. But 
um, a lot of testing to answer your question, Bowie. I okay. think that was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. And when you say testing, is that um, on Facebook actually like trial and error? Yeah, live. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Live. yeah live. <laughs> okay. That's the, and, that's... and and really, your business as the guinea pig. So so you were making the mistakes as you go, but it was your own business, and it did sort of. And and then once you sort of cracked the code, that's when you started to launch your marketing business and started to attract other agencies in order to support them, right? Yeah. And word travels pretty fast. We all know that it's a relatively small industry when you're inside the industry. I think agents are a big one that, um, you know, we don't really like trusting anyone external of the industry. We're kind of uh, ingrained in, in helping each other out, which is good. But mm. um, yeah, word traveled fast from there. And, and, you know, we started getting a few people just sort of seeing our strategies and, and saw that it was working. We really tried to build ourselves Mm. Um, as a as a digital agency at the time, you know, we've still got the office fronts and things like that, and I still think mm. it's a place for that. But mm. um, yeah, we really tried to be that that digital, and we we specifically, um, I guess, pushed back on a lot of traditional just so we could use that as as leverage, but mm. or the digital side as leverage. But um, yeah, and I'm, we're I'm, fast. I'm curious, Jordy, like when you went through that process with Facebook, um, did you find with, when you were on there that Facebook as a multi you know, conglomerate business have made it user friendly or do you think that they've made it challenging or has it evolved and, and, it, and it improves all the time? That is a, that is a really good question. That's a great question. And to be honest, I think um, that's probably Facebook's biggest downfall is they make it extremely complicated. Um, they don't start giving support to people until you've started. Uh, it's very well known inside the digital marketing industry that uh, they don't give a lot of support to people unless you're spending a, a lot of money each month um, in ad spend. So yeah, the, the user interface is, is extremely complicated unless you sort of know where to start. And that's probably where a lot of courses um, on my end is, has really helped. We've sort of seen what, what certain people do and, and what works for them and kind of created our own little mold off the back of that. But yeah, the the the, uh, the user friendly side of it certainly isn't friendly, um, mm. uh, and that's probably what restricts a lot of people as well in, in actually ripping in because they look at it and just go, "Whoa, what's going mm. on? Where do I start?" Mm. So that I assume the, the the part you're talking about is the Facebook ads part of it primarily, right? Like correct, yeah, yeah. But your personal Facebook page that's a no brainer, but once you get into a business page and there's ads involved, yeah, I mean I've I've looked at it as well. It does look complicated. So you you're saying you you think they intentionally do that, right? Well, I'm not too sure if it's an intentional thing or or not, but I think. Um... It's probably just so, because I guess where a lot of people get confused is I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, have you know, pressed the boost button on their page. And I guess just to clarify, there's there's a very big difference between boosting and, and the ads manager. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of even agents I speak to on a daily basis have no idea what, what the ads manager even is or even, because it's obviously a completely separate platform to, to facebook.com. So yeah. once you've gotten into that and you really understand the the intricacies of the ads manager, it makes sense that it's all there. And I guess they couldn't really make it any easier. You know, you've got things like, um, you know, there's plenty of um, uh, other services floating around at the moment, Spokes, one of them, and they've really just tried to make that that experience a lot easier, but at the same time, they've, they've, they aren't using the full capabilities of what Facebook can offer, but it's a great solution for someone just starting out. But mm. it's, it's, it's the, everything that's there is there for a reason, but um, mm. I don't know if they could make, I'm sure they could, but I don't know if they're trying to intentionally make it difficult for people, but mm. um, 
Yeah, that, that's a good point because there is there is a, a chasm and a dichotomy and a difference between yeah pressing boost on a on a post, which is good. It's a good thing mm. to do. Don't get me wrong. The little that's not that complicated because what happens is a little bubble pops up. You do a one or two kilometer radius, um, and then uh, you, you know you can pop in demographics, you know architecture, design, whatever. So that that's that's one part. And I think most agents, um, if not all, have sort of played with that and had some degree of success. But the ads manager as you said is like a separate app on your phone but uh, from from learning from you it's actually better to do it on 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 an actual computer because the the app is not very user friendly um so um with that uh you know do you do you think that um with that ads manager side of it there that um, you know, because you've said they only support you once you start spending a lot of money. I mean, not many people would know this, but are you saying that you can actually call and speak to someone at Facebook or, or have a chat to them online and they start to actually provide you some support? Yeah, calling's, calling's virtually impossible. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of their um, support teams are based in the Philippines. So um, yeah. e- emails, you, you, once you've sort of been running ads for a period of time, um, mm. even a lot of my clients, eventually over time, they... They'll shoot me an email saying, hey, I've got an email from someone from Facebook right. support. What should I do? Gotcha. So it's usually about a, a 12 to 18-month window from, from my experience before they actually reach out to you. They want to see that you are running ads consistently and wow. um, and, and basically giving up spending money for them. So, mm. uh, But once you sort of get to a certain level, they will try and help you because ultimately it's much like a user experience on, the, on Facebook.com. They want to keep you there because ultimately that's how they're making money and, and mm. they want you to have success. They want you to actually step away from the boost button. Ultimately, with the boost button, as, as great as it is um, to do a, a saturated short-term approach, mm. um, I'm sure a lot of a lot of us have realised that it's horrendous for, for lead gen mm. um, and that's where the ad manager really comes into play and ultimately they want you to keep coming back using the ads manager so over time they will step in and say hey Belby I've seen you've been running ads for a period of time is there anything we can help mm. with and then occasionally they will schedule a call and, and talk you through your strategies and and what you're hoping to achieve and, and really try and optimize that a little bit for you as well. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, so what you're saying is, is they'll contact you once they've seen that you've started to spend some money. It's not, it's not like you could go on, on the Facebook website now and find a phone number to call or an email to call where you can actually get user support instantly, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Even with their emails, they're, they're short-term, you know, temporary emails. So once your once your situation has been closed, you wouldn't you won't even be able to respond to that particular email, which is a little bit frustrating as well. But um, yeah, when you look at it in isolation and out of context, what we've just said, that's a pretty poor customer service experience. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah. it drives me crazy. I've got to deal with this every day. It's, it's yeah. frustrating. And when yeah. you're trying to manage, you know, a couple hundred clients at the same time, it's yeah. full on. But so, so when they do reach out to you, I mean, obviously they're, 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 they're you know, they're, they're all about profit. You know, it's a public company now and, mm. and they're all about profit. So when they do end up reaching out to you, obviously, you know, and you, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth because you're the expert, but what I'm assuming they're trying to do is retain your business because they've they've tracked that you've spent money and then then obviously do the best they can to actually have an ongoing spend right but actually talk you talk you through it and maybe give you some tips and hacks on how to make it a bit more user-friendly at that particular point right yeah well that's and that's an interesting point to make i mean once you're once you're inside the ecosystem of the ads manager and 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 you've generated a free result from it you'll realize that it's a real momentum 
builder anyway. I, I speak to a lot of my clients and tell them that it's, it's, it's a long-term strategy. You've got to look yeah. at it as a snowball. The, the more you roll it, the bigger it gets, the stronger it gets, the, the smarter your pixel gets and things like that as well. So um, they understand that and they, I guess they want to encourage you to keep, it's, it's, it's like a drug at the end of the day. Let's be realistic about it. They, they're kind of dangling a carrot of the long-term experience and how, how much better your performance will get over time. So without a doubt, they want you spending more money, but at the same time, they will be honest about it and say to you, look, you probably don't need to be spending this much money in this particular area. Right. Um, if it's not, you know, if it's not generating your results, but um, gotcha. yeah, so they, they, I guess they, they know that if they can keep you there long-term, they're going to make their money anyway. Um, gotcha. So that's interesting. Now you just mentioned a word pixel, um, you know, uh, which is, which is a bit of a buzzword around sort of Facebook mm. and digital marketing. Um, just, just in the, the most layman terms as possible, could, could you explain what, what a pixel Absolutely. is? Yeah. yeah. Very, very simple terms is it's, it's picture it like your CRM. Okay. So your CRM, right. but um, without your, your CRM database contacts in it. So it's a CRM just for Facebook. So essentially what it's constantly doing is whenever you click or engage with something, uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have probably seen my ads floating around. As soon as, as soon as you click on one of my ads, for example, one of Bowie's ads, you get stored in his pixel or, or, or my pixel. So it's like a database. Um, and then that allows us to um, essentially what we call retarget you or, or you know, deliver, deliver further ads to you from there. Um, but yeah, the easiest layman's terms, it's a, it's a, it's a virtual database. Right. And it's a, it's a retargeting mechanism. Um, what, what's the difference between a pixel and a cookie? Uh, probably not a great deal of difference. It's cookies are probably just the more, more simpler terms to use. So, um, yeah, they, they, they both allow you to do the same thing essentially. Um, just different platforms will, will hold different things and, um, okay. yeah, I don't want to overcomplicate it too much. It's pretty, pretty much the same thing. Similar. Okay. Now, um, before we get, um, into the funnel theory, which, which we're going to discuss just, just as a bit of a tip to the listeners. Um, would you suggest um, that they have obviously their Facebook business page and their own personal page always to have both? Uh, personal profile and page. Do you mean? Yeah. That, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just to yeah have absolutely. Both. I think the, the difficult thing is um, with a, with a profile is you obviously can't run ads through a profile. That's right. Um, that's right. But so. should they just replicate? I mean, let's, let's say they're focused on their business page and they're, they're, they're doing some boosting or, or ads or whatever. Should they replicate that information um, onto their personal page? Just, just, just because you can, and just because someone might pick it up, even though there's not that much dissemination or, 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 or exposure through that yeah absolutely i mean it's it's it's, um diversification at the end of the day the more the more people you can expose your business to i think the better it is and and ultimately if you are using a pixel through your business page if you do get someone you know interacting with your with your profile and because you've shared it across for example then um you know that you'll be able to capture them into your pixel and then retarget to them down the track so and 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 i suppose that begets the next question which is on instagram is 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 it worth people sharing the same content or should they should they change their content based on an audience because maybe the instagram audience is different um and and should they alter their content or should they just copy and paste like i think that this is a really important one that a lot of people get confused about great one and i spoke about this on facebook the other day funnily enough i think it's a really good one and, and again I, I really try and i'm big on trying to keep things as simple as possible but at the end of the day um i i really think there's a there's a place and and, and certain content for each platform I'm, I'm a big believer with instagram is is keeping it lifestyle i think the last thing 
people want to see is listing after listing after listing in their newsfeed coming from you. Right. Um, second to that, I don't see the purpose in two Instagram pages. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people do have it. If you've got the time to manage both, then by all means, fill your boots. But yeah. um, as you get busier, I think you're just going to, your brain will explode having to manage so many different platforms. Yeah. Um, so I'm big on keeping it simple. I'm, I, I use a, a three-in-one um, strategy. So if, if anyone was to look at my Instagram, you, you typically see three business posts, I uh, say three personal or lifestyle posts to, to one business post. I think that extra reminder, you know, reminding people that, hey, I'm still in real estate, you know, blah, blah, blah. Occasionally I'll still wear a suit. So um, just that mm-hmm. reminder to show, or if, even if it's a listing, so three, three personal to a, to a listing and three lifestyle to a listing again, um, it's probably a good rule of thumb to stick to. But don't beat yourself up if you don't stick to it. I mean, if it's the same deal. If someone looked at my Instagram now, you'll probably see five or six lifestyle probably because I've, you know, had less business posts to talk about. I actually mm-hmm. posted, you, you, you saw the one I put up yesterday. Just, I felt I had to put a business one up because you and I have, we're having a chat today. But Yeah, um, gotcha. So when yeah. you say don't have two Instagram pages, so basically try and try and favour a business Instagram page over a personal one. Is that what you're saying? If, you, if you're in real estate. Probably the other way around. Probably try and favour right. it as just one personal because I think the gotcha. big thing is is people people are I mean people's bullshit radars are really high these days as well. So mm. people are looking at your Instagram as well as your Facebook well before mm. they interview you. So gotcha. they kind of want to see what type of person you are. And if if you've just got listing after listing after listing on there, then they don't really get a grip on who you are as an agent or as a person. So Understand. again, that's kind of my general rule of thumb. Some people might not agree with it, and that's okay. I think you, you kind of need to find what works. But I'm big yeah. on just keeping your Instagram more personal than business, still integrate a few business posts in there as well, just to show your gotcha. credibility. But yeah. does that mean though, Geordie, that with a personal Instagram, you can't boost on that though? No, you still can. So this you is can. where, um, yeah. Okay. So when I talk about running well, that's Facebook a myth. ads, that's a yeah, myth that's, it, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So you've, you when you, and, and when just once people start learning the ads manager, mm-hmm. uh, because Instagram is owned by Facebook, everything, all of my ads, and it, even, even though obviously the ads were created for, for your business and all our clients, You'll notice that they, they run through Facebook and Instagram. So gotcha. I talk a lot about Facebook, but when I talk about Facebook, I'm talking about both platforms because Instagram is owned by Facebook. So we yes. advertise equally on, on Instagram as, as we do with, with Facebook. Gotcha. Um, so so yeah. all your clients that you do um, lead generation for, it's always on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that the the hit rate? I mean, because you can monitor it on the back end. The hit rate is different in different demographics or different gener- uh, geographical areas. Or I mean, is is there more success in one than the other generally? Or yeah, I mean, Facebook has a better. I mean, I think Facebook people people spend more time on Facebook um, if they're. It, it's a simple way to put it. Facebook is certainly a better conversion tool. Gotcha. Um, whereas Instagram is probably a better branding tool. So we still try and use, utilize both, but most of our leads we say come from, from Facebook. Gotcha. All right. So we're going to, we're going to have a chat about the funnel um, process now, but before we do that, I just want to um, ask you your, so your current real estate office in the Sunshine Coast, what, what's it, what's that called? Uh, local property group. Local property group. And whereabouts yep. exactly are located? Uh, we're in Biwa. So if you know the Sunshine Coast, we're yeah. just uh, down the hill of Mullaney. So sort of land. Yeah, good spot. Beautiful. And your marketing company, what's that called? 
Uh, it is just jordanbain.com.au right now. We are in the yep. process of trying to switch that over, but yeah, Great. just Jordan Bain. Okay, good. Just, to, just to, in case people listening and want to want to look you up. Yeah, and, and for that's sure. Okay, so with with the funnel, this is this is something that you've designed and sort of pioneered to a degree. Um, just tell us a little bit about it because basically from what I can see, because you, I'm one of your clients um, and, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, uh, be the beneficiary of some, some really good leads, both with um, listing and sales. And then we created one for my coaching business as well, mm. which has been really cool. Um, so yeah, just talk us a little about how, how that actually works. Firstly, I appreciate the plug there, mate. Ah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> but, um, so I said the, the easiest, and this is where I really try and keep it as simple as possible. The, 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 the simplest version to explain what a funnel is, is I, I want people to think about it like a, a PA or a, or a virtual salesperson. So I guess to break that down a little bit further, what it's basically doing is it's trying to um, grab a cold contact or a cold prospect and turn that cold prospect into a warm and then once it's in a warm prospect, turn them into a hot prospect. Now that process is completely, uh, completely automated, mm-hmm. um, and obviously it happens, you know, twenty four seven around the clock. So the good thing is, is you've got that assistant there that's going to be prospecting for you at at midnight and three am in the morning. Obviously, with with agents, despite working long hours, we are restricted to to times, and, and a lot of the time we can we miss a lot of people based on those times. So mm. it's basically an online prospecting assistant that will prospect on your behalf and take a cold prospect. And, and ideally turn them into a warm prospect through that process. So um, gotcha. that's the simplest way to put it. Um, okay. okay. So from, from the user, which is me, because I'm, I'm a client of yours, just so the listeners know what, what I end up seeing is um, um, an ad, which Jordan's created. And the ad is just a photo that I've provided him just of me in the field. Let's talk about my real estate business for, for the time being. It's of me in the field interacting with a client or whatever. Then I see it pop up um, and it'll say, click here. Um, and then if you click there, Basically, what happens is um, you, you fill out a couple of quick uh, questions like people's um, phone number, email and address. Um, um, Jordan uh, believes that, that if you ask for their name, they're less likely to actually put that in. So that, that's something that obviously through his expertise and, and experience has, has come up with that theory. Um, and then what I receive as the user is an email with the address uh, of the property, the email and the SMS number of or the mobile number of the client. And effectively what I'm doing is providing them an instant SMS appraisal on their property. So basically um, from a practical sense, what I'm doing is looking up on RP data. Um, I usually know the property anyway because I'm an area expert and then I'll provide an SMS appraisal to the client instantly and then I'll do a follow-up call and see if I can get face-to-face. So that that's from my experience what I'm doing. Is that the intention from your side of how you tried to design it, um, Jordan, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I guess a few things to point out there to further what, what you mentioned were, um, I think a lot of people, particularly in, in the during the COVID period, were doing a lot of SMS appraisals. And, and yeah. as great as a tool that is, I guess ultimately the offer of the appraisal is is great. But 
I guess where it's where you will be separated from a lot of your competition if they're doing similar things to that as well is mm. is having the pixel, but secondly having the funnel attached to it as well. If if people mm. have to physically contact you, mm. um, that's the difficult thing because I know a lot of agents are putting out their you know SMS send me your text or text me your details and I'll send you back an appraisal. Mm. Again, it's too difficult for, for people. People just won't do it because it's, it's, it's them having to do something themselves. Whereas if you put them through that funnel process, the, the big thing to point out is, is number one, as soon as they click through or engage with your content or your ads, they get stored in your pixel. Um, and most people won't actually engage with your content straight away. They, they often need to see your ads three, four, five times before they actually you know, trust you or, 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 or um, feel comfortable in giving their details over. Um, so that's where they're retargeting and the pixel really comes into play as well. So it's not so much the offer of the, of the virtual appraisal or, or the text message appraisal. It's more the process you're going through. But I think, oh yeah, you kind of hit on the head. It goes from ad, so branding in their newsfeed. Um, they click on a link that takes them to a landing page where the pixel is, is attached, of course. So we're obviously storing their, their, their IP straight away. Um, we request some certain information from them, whether they feel comfortable or not in, in delivering that information straight away is, is a separate story. But from there, obviously, yeah, the, the information will be provided to you. You're in control of the lead. We, we plug it all in so that it goes directly to your email inbox. We don't care about controlling your leads or anything like that. So, um, and then from there, if they don't follow through or deliver their details, then they'll start getting more and more ads from you to try and build more value, build more trust, build more touch points. Uh, and then usually, for lack of better expression, I really like to use the term, we eventually wear them down or, or you'll eventually wear them down. And I go, do you know what? I might as well just opt in and, and, and get an idea on, on what my home is worth or, or whatever the offer is. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be an appraise. We've got a lot of agents who are doing, um, you know, they'll send out their eBooks or, or selling guides, buying checklists, things like that as well. But certainly the, the virtual appraisal, particularly in the, the current climate, is a, is a pretty good hit rate. So as a client, just so the listeners um, know that, um, you know, this, I've been doing it for a couple of months now and, um, you know, I, I, I believe I'm up to about probably 40, 50, 50 leads that have come through. Now, the important thing to know is that not every single one of those leads is going to convert to a listing straight away. Um, so that's been my experience. However, the quality of them has been very high. What I mean by that is, you know, 90 percent of them are, are, are people that actually own the property. They're, I've just had a couple of out-of-area ones. I don't know, maybe maybe someone sort of owned an investment property that, that was in my area, but it was out of area. So the 95% have been very high quality in terms of they actually do own the property, which is good. Um, secondly, you know, this is just the first point. So so Jordan can't do the follow-up for you. You, you. you as the agent have to do it. So as a, as a consumer and a client, what I've found um, the best thing to do is is send the instant SMS appraisal because that that's that's what you've promised them that they're going to do. Um, so so do that. Don't just call them straight straight off the bat because you, you you've said that you're going to provide the SMS. So do that and then follow up with with a phone call um, and and have a conversation. And of course, the objective is to try to get face to face or even add further value, like Jordy's just said, whether it's a, a buyer's guide, an ebook, or whatever it might be. So my experience has been that 
it's resulted in quite a number of uh, immediate face-to-face appointments. Some have resulted in actual immediate listings. Um, However, many of them have resulted into me adding it into my database and continuing the nurturing process, um, whether that's via email, phone or whatever. So, you know, it is the first step and it's up to you as the agent once you've got that lead, um, you know, don't treat it as an orphan. You've got to actually do something with it so i assume that was always your intention with this geordie like when you yeah. designed it yeah yeah absolutely i think the big thing is, is most most agents will probably agree with me when i say that if someone's selling in the next you know 20 or 30 days there's a very high likelihood that they've already um chosen their agent or, or potentially even you know at very least interviewed whoever they want to speak to so what we're really trying to find is people who are you know, two, three months out to sort of 12 months away. And, and that gives them the agent, the opportunity to nurture them. Mm. Um, certainly if, if, if you're not a, a nurturing agent and you're more of a Johnny on the spot agent, then it, it might not be the ideal solution for you. But um, if you want to fill your pipeline much as what, what you mentioned before, then that's the, that's certainly the right way of going and, and it'll keep your pipeline full on, on a consistent level. And mm. I think you could probably agree as well that, uh, most months that you've been doing it, there, there is that consistent um, flow of, of leads coming in. Rarely do you see it fluctuate too much. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the strategy is try and, try and look at it as a, as a pipeline builder. We've found that the most agents, that's typically even with my team at, in uh, with my agency, um, the thing that, that we're working on at the moment is, is nurturing pipeline. We've got a, quite a green team. So um, yeah, just trying to work on nurturing the pipeline and keeping that full. I think that's everyone's biggest issue. So well, that, 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 that's why we're doing a coaching session with your team Absolutely. straight, straight yeah, after straight this. After. Yeah. <laughs> so, mate, that's my, that's my expertise, mate. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be talking about that. Um, so what I've found with the SMSing, Jordan, just for feedback and probably a lot of your agents tell you is a lot of clients do enjoy the SMS and, and, and the response mm. rate is really high because they're usually sitting there after hours on their phone or whatever, so they don't have to go to an email. They don't, all they've got to do is snap back. And a lot of people say, Thanks, Adrian. I appreciate that. Um, not looking to do anything at the moment, but please give me a call in such and such a time. Or great, um, you know, because my call to action on my SMS is not just the appraisal, but it's like, hey, you know, if I come to see you, uh, I could I could give you three tips on how to add value mm. to your property. So a lot of people do like that call to action and say, great, you know, can you pop over next week or something? So, you know, I've found the response rate on SMS higher than it would be, say, on an email generic blast or something like that you know so is that been your experience yeah well? i appreciate yeah. you saying that because again I, I guess we probably lose sight of this because we kind of do it every day as well mm-hmm. I, I, if i remember back to when the um you know if, if i was to rewind two years ago or so now again we, we never used to start with a text message i think what we mm-hmm. found is is again we're really trying to stay in touch with our consumer as well and understand mm-hmm. what their behaviors are and i guess the first train of thought we had was at the end of the day you know, Adrian Bow as a real estate agent is a great guy. He's well presented. He's got a brilliant track record. But mm. for people who don't know Adrian Bow, at the end of the day, Adrian Bow is still painted with the exact same brush as every other real estate agent is, which is mm. unfortunately untrustworthy, dishonest, and all the other garbage that comes with it. So for mm. us, we've got to understand and appreciate that we've got to build trust with these people to begin with. They don't want to talk to us as agents, right? Mm. As much mm. as we might think we have all the answers and, and we like the sound of our own voice, 
at the end of the day, they don't want to talk to us on the phone to begin with. They don't want to talk to us in person to begin with, because a lot of the time, most of us are great at closing and we, we go straight for the close. So um, the text message is a real icebreaker as such. And I think they just feel a bit more comfortable in, in having that, that approach. Again, we, we live in a generation where everyone's on their phones and it's always within arm's reach. And sometimes mm. we've all, sorry, probably not sometimes, I'm sure we've all been through the experience of trying to call someone and they, they screen your call and text you back straight away saying, hey, mate, what do you want? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. It's, yeah. it's just the society we live in. And I guess that's really really where our probably our real estate experience has helped with, with the whole funnel process and the ads process. It's just understanding the consumer and understanding what they what they think and how they behave and, and what they think of us as agents and, and responding to that accordingly. Good, good. Yeah, so um, the good thing with you, Jordan, and, and if any client uh, or agent wants to, wants to contact you, they can hit you up obviously on all your socials um, and, 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 and find out exactly what your offering is. But in summary, from, from what I've learned, the good thing about it is you've got two options. Option number one is, is Jordan can actually um, do a course with you to actually teach you how to do it yourself, all this ad manager, pixel retargeting, etc., cetera, um, which is obviously a lower cost, you know, or you can have option number two where it's, it is a higher cost, but Jordan, once you contact him, he'll tell you all these costs, but the option number two is he'll automate it and then handle it all for you. Is that, is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah great, yeah. great response. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you want to learn it all yourself and, and time, timing dependent, you know, most mm-hmm. agents who are probably a little bit more busy prefer just to pass it on to us to get it all set up and um, mm. sort of sorted quicker sooner rather than later. But mm. alternatively, yeah, we certainly encourage people to do the course as well. Um, mm. It's all online. It's all video format pre-recorded so people can go through it, you know, at their own pace in their own time. Um, I think that's good because it provides yeah. that affordable option and, and it's like, you know, rather than, um, you know, you know, just, just, you know, catching, catching a fish, you actually teach them how, how to fish, mm. you know? So I think that's, that's, that's good that you provide both options. And through my experience with you, you know, it's, it's not about the, the, the money or charging too high or whatever you're, you're, you're genuinely passionate about, um, you know, digital and social and, mm. and you're happy to share your IP, um, and, but if, if people genuinely want to actually have you just run it for them, then there's a cost for that, which, which you can talk to clients about once they contact you. But yep. it's good, good that you've got both options there, which is, which is great. So um, if people want to make the first step and contact you, what, 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 what's the best way to do that, mate? Yeah, look, easiest way is probably to shoot me a, a, a message on, on Facebook or Instagram, Jordan yep. Bain. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook, Jordan Bain underscore at the end on, on Instagram. Alternatively, um, um, we've got an online booking calendar. So if you just go to jordanbain.com.au forward slash calendar, mm-hmm. uh, you can book in a time. And um, if that's a bit more suitable for most people, that way we would have to go back and forth trying to arrange time. So jordanbain.com.au forward slash calendar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always have to have a chat. Perfect. Now, um, as we wrap up, uh, let's assume people and not going to contact you and not going to, um, you know, do a, a, a course or a funnel or whatever it might be. Um, and, and it's someone who's just starting out, has got very limited funds and, and they, they really want to try and give it a bit of a crack themselves, this social media labyrinth, if you like, you know, mm. what, what would be, you know, a, a fast track, 
um, you know, process for them just, just to start on um, based on all your experience and your knowledge or whatever that you can just share with them today just to get them started? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, glad you left that one to the end. That's a good one. I, we do get a lot of new agents contacting us as well, and I'll probably will be quite transparent and let you know that it is certainly a, a better strategy if you've already got the wheels in motion. What we try and do is just really accelerate that vehicle. But if you are a new agent, um, there's certainly still a lot you can do. I'm a big believer in, uh, without a doubt, focusing on your real estate skills first if you're a new agent. But if you're already doing that when it comes to social the big thing is attention. Um, what I want you to look at is is, is picture your Facebook page uh, like a database. So again, get rid of the pixel side of things and whatever else. Don't worry about that because if someone uh, is engaging with with your page, then uh, we're going to know about it anyway. But essentially, just look at your look at your Facebook page as a database. The more the more attention that you can create to your to your to your Facebook page, the better you will be long term. So a quick a couple of quick fire ways to build attention, of course, is is competitions and giveaways. People love that sort of stuff. So, you uh, know, coming into Christmas, you can do Christmas hampers. Um, like, share. So, like my page, share this uh, post, uh, and tag a friend, for example, are always a good one because then you're getting an organic following, which in turn will uh, will result in uh, a speedier transition when you do start running ads but other than that again just try and get really good at creating content i think that's probably where a lot of us as we get busy as agents we we really slow down on our content creation bowie's great at it of course but a lot of agents do really start to to let that slip so get really good in front of camera and and don't stress about getting professional cameras and things like that iphone quality is great and that's all you need um but yeah just get really used to creating content to begin with because ultimately once you do start running funnels and things like that despite it being automated if you've already programmed yourself to to produce content on a on a weekly or daily basis then of course that's going to be a benefit to your long-term strategy as well so yeah just create attention is a simple term uh and 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 uh create engagement okay and what about frequency or number of posts per week for a real estate agent what's or per day what 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 would you recommend Look, no general rule of thumb, and I'm, I'm probably really, really against the grain, and I'll probably shock a lot of people with this, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, even with my content, if, if anyone was to look me up on Facebook or Instagram, I'll probably post maybe once a week, if that. I, I think right. the big the big thing for me is, and look, again, if you've got the the ingrained in your mind that you will post content every single day, then great, don't go against that. But I right. think there's um, there's the Gary V way of doing things, or there's the there's the automation way of doing things. If you've got the Gary V touched, Christian uh, Gravais is one. If anyone follows him, I was talking to one of his guys the other day as well. And if you've got the energy to keep producing content every day, then great. Keep going down that, that, that angle. Um, but alternatively, some people are a little bit more introverted and don't have the, or the creativity to produce content every day. So if you don't do that, then you definitely need to take the, the automation and the funnel side of things because that will push content out every day on your behalf. If, if anyone mm. follows me or sees me in their newsfeed, you'll be seeing me every day, right? Mm. If anyone's engaged with my content, you'll be seeing me every day, if, if not every second day, worst case. So that will kind of take care of that constant reminder of having to produce content. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, look, personally, um, I'm a big believer in, in, in do it when you think of an idea that way it's authentic and it's genuine for me, whenever I post something on Facebook now, it is genuine and it's coming from a, a place of whatever I've thought about for that, that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't try and avoid producing content for the hell of producing content. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. so obviously that, that tip you gave around like prizes or giveaways or like share. So basically what you, what you're suggesting to people is the content that 
produces engagement from the consumer is 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 a better content. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Okay. Again, engagement is everything. Engagement yeah. is everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, but failing that, like if you're just an agent who's not going to pay for any ads or just starting out, I mean, is it okay for them to post a listing, a sale, and a, a testimonial and an editorial to start with, like that type yeah. of thing? Yeah. If you've is. got the time, if you've got yeah. the time, and you're a new agent, take yeah. the Gary V approach. I'm sure most of us got yeah. know Gary V. Um, yeah. So um, take take the approach of a piece of content every day and don't overthink what it is right. a listing a sale a testimonial a team members listing sale a testimonial gotcha. a photo gotcha. outside a signboard anything just put a piece of content out every, every day if you can yep. if that's your if that's your time if you haven't got the time constraints of that take the gary v approach if you're yep. um, a little bit more time poor and it can afford to run ads then take the uh take the funnel approach gotcha and the the last it might not be a myth um but it's certainly something that i've that i've read um is that the Facebook algorithm much prefers video over static content. Is that correct? It does. It yeah. does. Um, probably a bit more of an intricate answer, this one, though. Um, certainly, it does prefer it. However, when you first start running ads, um, certainly the way we run ads, um, it is best to test with, with still images mainly because you don't want to distract them with video because then they get too entrenched with the video rather than your offer. So I'm probably going to overcomplicate a little bit there, but just general, general content. If you're doing the, again, the Gary V approach video works absolute wonders. Um, Whereas if you're taking the, uh, the funnel and automation approach, then, then stills, are actually a little bit better, um, particularly in the short term. So if I, if I was an agent and I just listed or just sold a property, should I just take, like use one of the marketing photos and say the hero shot and say just listed, just sold, or should I stand out the front of the sold sign and say, hey, I just sold this property for a great price. Um, we had we had so many registered bidders, et cetera. What do you think if it was just on the normal platforms without yep. spending much money, what do you think? 100% the video approach for gotcha. sure perfect. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. Perfect. and when 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 we say that the algorithm prefers it what what does that actually mean is it just because facebook's objective is to try and generate more authentic content is that what, what i it think is? facebook's biggest objective is to keep you in the platform um right. and, and right. keep you coming back and i think um just over time they've yeah. probably realized that, that the user experience is more inclined to watch video Um, It does keep you on the platform for a little bit longer. So um, automatically they will then uh, prioritize video above stills or or ad copy. Um, So that's pretty much the, the, the order of it as well. So if you're just posting simple copy with no image and and no video attached, then you are at the lowest priority. If it's got an image, then you're in the middle. And if it's got video, then that certainly puts you at the top. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Mate, we're going to wrap up. That's been, in my opinion, an absolute masterclass in um, in social media, mate. Uh, and, Appreciate uh, it. No, absolute pleasure, mate. And, and as, as you know, I've certainly um, spoken to a lot of people in this space. Um, I identified you and, and reached out to you because I did a lot of research and, and I'm glad that I did. Um, and I highly recommend any agent who's looking to get into this space to contact Jordan. Now, keep in mind, 
the geography is exclusive, so it doesn't doesn't allow agents to sort of double up on geography. So if if you don't have um, someone in your area who's already working with Jordan, I suggest you jump on board and contact him. Um, which is, I think that that that's a really nice gesture that you do offer that Jordan, you know, that mm. exclusivity ge- geography wise. Otherwise, Absolutely. it would get it would get obviously you know quite messy. Yep. So I highly recommend you hit him up. Um, he's certainly been a, a good uh, a good addition and extension of my lead generation business. Um, again, you know, you've got to manage your own expectations around what it looks like. That you know, you, you can't expect immediate sales, even though you, you will get immediate listings and sales. But much of it is a pipeline development process, and obviously also an opportunity to get face to face with people really, really quickly that you wouldn't have otherwise met. You know, and the costs um, once it's set up, I've got to say, are pretty reasonable. I mean, Jordan will go through that with you but you know um jordan verbatim has said to me bowie mate like i don't want to spend more money than than, than you need to so mm. i'm finding that that the costing is very very reasonable that all it all just comes so there's no invoicing or anything it all just comes direct out of your account through through your your business facebook page so it's it's pretty simple to 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 navigate which is really cool mm. um mate Terrific. I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to doing a coaching session with your uh, real estate office straight after yep. this. Yep. So, um, mate, we'll, we'll sign off. And listeners, um, it's been another great episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Please look Jordan up. Um, and uh, he's, he's certainly someone like everyone on my podcast, someone who wants to give back to the industry. And that, that's one criteria that I look for with all my guests is people that are selfless and altruistic and, and love giving back to the industry. And, and I know Jordan is very much um, of that caliber. So thanks again, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate it, mate. Okay. Thanks, listeners. We'll catch you next week. All the best. Bye for now.